I first focused only on the essentials. So what that means is when I was in my job and building my business, I wasn't trying to set up the most gorgeous website. I wasn't trying to figure out how to write amazing emails or blog articles or doing anything like that. I was literally thinking, okay, the fastest way to get clients, let me focus on the money right now because that's looks. It's not goodwill that's going to get me out of my job. I need to get revenue in the business. Welcome to the She Shines podcast with your hosts, brand photographer and serial entrepreneur, Anna Laura, and super proud career woman with a passion for entrepreneurship, Alex. Tune in for some connection, community, and girl talk. Plus, join their conversations with other entrepreneurs and professionals who've been there, built that, and are paying it forward. They'll take your burning questions and turn them into actionable steps with a glass of champagne in hand. Here we go. Have you ever found yourself in your nine to five daydreaming about your future as an entrepreneur? I definitely remember doing that in in my nine to five, like idolizing that laptop lifestyle. And it ultimately just made me feel so ungrateful for the career that I was in. Like you're sitting there, you're scrolling through the grid on your lunch break and you feel like anything would be better (laughs) than the job you're in. But then you realize you have zero idea on how to actually land clients as a business owner or you just lack that support in your life. We definitely feel that. And our guest today is here to help make that transition as smooth as possible. Yes. And while we want you to remember to remain grateful for your full-time job because it allows you the finances to invest Mm -hmm. into your business, right? And allows you to network and and gain new skills and resources that you can still pour into your business. So still remain grateful for that full-time job, girlfriend. Oh yeah, we'll talk all about that for sure. Yes, yes. But in this episode, we are speaking to those women out there who feel the pull into really diving full-fledged into their own business, going from a full-time employee into a full-time entrepreneur. And we're chatting with Louisa Joe, who helps ambitious men and women turn their existing skills and experiences into their own six-figure-plus online business. Hey. Yes, <laughs> and she does this through the creator of the... And she does this through her employee-to-entrepreneur system. Yes, we dive into so much, like we just talked about, you know, remaining grateful for your career while you're in it and building your business, finding and landing paying clients as a brand new business. Her advice to women wanting to go full time with their passion and honing in and monetizing your skill set and just all the things. Yes, so good. Make sure you get a pen ready. And Mm -hmm. uh, before we get into this episode, we want to thank you all so much for tuning into these value-packed convos weekly on the She Shines podcast, and especially to those of you who take the time to leave such amazing reviews like this five-star love note that says, She Shines is my go-to podcast when I'm feeling down, discouraged, and overall second-guessing myself. They always seem to come at the perfect time and really resonate with at least one thing I've struggled with in the past or currently they have great energy friendship topics and conversations i've recommended to a handful of friends recently and we all love 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 it so thank you so much that review now girl 
we hope you were not annoyed when you wrote this. Obviously not, because you left us left us a stellar review. But your handle says annoyed on Apple. So funny. <laughs> so you got to you got to shoot us a DM and tell us what your name is and your IG handle. So we're not calling you annoyed. But thank you for the beautiful, beautiful love notes. So funny. I love that. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> And I, I don't know what to call you, but thank you so much for this. Your everyone, your reviews and your five stars help get us the most amazing guests and info on the show, like Louisa Joe. And we are so so appreciative. So if you glean some insight or a takeaway from this episode, or you have a kind word to share, we definitely want to hear from you too. So just head on over to Apple Podcast, search the She X Shines podcast, hit those five stars, and write a little love note we would love to shout you out on an upcoming episode and on our instagram girlfriends so we appreciate it now without further ado let's get into this episode welcome back to the she shines podcast everyone we know you're going to absolutely love today's guest we are so honored to be speaking with louisa joe who helps ambitious men and women turn their existing skills and experiences into their own six figure plus online business. We're so excited to have you, Louisa. Say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me here. Yay. Awesome. Yes, we're so pumped to pick your brain and, and learn so much about how you went from employee to entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. let's kind of start at the beginning. Can you tell us your background and what made you take the leap into entrepreneurship? Yes. Yeah, so I know we're going to be talking about this a little bit more, but But in brief, my background has nothing to do with entrepreneurship. I started out uh, studying electrical engineering. My first job was as an engineer for the International Space Station. Had nothing to do with (laughs) anything. I never thought I was going to be an entrepreneur. But long story short, I uh, jumped from a few industries, tried a few jobs, was chasing, you know, fulfillment and Mm -hmm. all the amazing things that you hear you're supposed to have in your job. And I realized eventually, no, I I have to do my own thing. Mm -hmm. And so what I did was at my last job working at a digital advertising startup, I ended up taking my skills that I had gained through my career and building a consulting business on that on the side. Mm -hmm. Then I built that business to replace my salary and left my job. And I did that before I left my job, which I know we're going to talk about. And then after I did that, people started asking me, Louisa, how'd you do it? How'd you build a business while you were in your job? How'd you grow it so quickly? All the cool things. And I started just answering that and realized, okay, there's a lot here that people want to learn about and that I have to share because it took me a really long time to figure it out. And at the time, no one else was talking about it the way that I had had to do it. And so I started my current business and fast forward about five, six years here we are. So super (laughs) condensed version. Amazing. No, we're so excited to dive into all the little nuances and and giant nuances. I'm sure (laughs) that you you encounter, but bottom line up front, what would be your main top piece of advice to women who are looking to go full-time with their passion? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. I'm gonna, I, I have to share too. Normally I try to just stick to whatever you ask me, but the first <laughs> is don't leave your job too soon because I get that question all the time. Hey, I should, should I just burn the boats and go all in? And I get it because I remember there was a time when I would every other week, it feels like call up my uh, now husband, then boyfriend and say, okay, I'm turning in my notice tomorrow. This is it. I just have to make it work. <laughs> and I had no familiar. business at that time. Yeah. Right. We've so many of us have been there. 
thankfully, he talked me out of it. <laughs> and I didn't because honestly, looking back, that was one of the smartest things I could have done, even though it felt so agonizing every day to have to say, okay, I'm just kidding. I'll, I'll wait until I figure this out. Even though I had no idea how I was going to figure it out. And that's because it seems exciting to start a job and, or a business until you realize it can be really stressful. You don't want to be, especially with a new business that you don't have to stressing about having the business pay the bills. When instead you could be taking some of your salary, paying your bills, maybe investing a little bit in your business. It's just a much more enjoyable, relatively more enjoyable experience. <laughs> so that's mm. the first piece. Mm -hmm. The second piece, which is shorter is keep it simple. Don't try and be thinking about how you can run before you can walk. If you're in your job right now, don't be thinking, how am I going to manage my job and my business when I have 20 clients? When until you get your first one first? Don't worry about, you know, having the gorgeous website when you haven't even gotten a client. Wait until you've gotten three or four or five. Mm. Those are the top two things. Oh, those are awesome. Those are no, major we <laughs> two big things. Like we were taking furious notes, but in case you missed that, ladies, don't leave your job too soon mm -hmm. and keep it simple because like Louisa said, no one really cares about your website if you don't have anything to offer <laughs> yes. first. <laughs> and and it's so true. Like we, we often encounter this with some of our academy members is like, I want to host an event or an event series. Let's just make it a full blown series right off the bat. We're going to do this. And, um, this has happened more than once. And we're like, okay, well, do you have any experience running an event or, it, you know, yeah. as an example? Um, and the answer is often no, but it's going to be a full blown series. And they're so gung ho and not that we want to be, you know, Debbie Downers sure. or anything, but maybe just try one and try that on for size, see how you like it and then make it a series. Um, but I love that advice to keep it simple. I think that applies to so, so many things in life. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. I like too how you said when you were, when you were starting out and, and deciding like how to go into entrepreneurship, you, you you went or you went where you were called, right? People were asking you, mm -hmm. Louisa, how did yeah. you do this? How did you do this? So instead of trying to, and like we were talking earlier before we were started recording, multi-passionate women, we often have yeah. a million ideas at one oh time gosh, and want yes. to do everything and conquer the world at once. But just, I just love how you really honed in on, okay, where am I being called? And people are asking me this specific question. Let me start there because I already have this experience and, and can be the expert voice in this field. So again, keeping, keeping it simple and, and not leaving your job too soon. We often say to right, Anna Laura, yeah, like oh your gosh. job, the job you have yeah. now is a helps. Vehicle. Yeah. A vehicle yes. to support your, to support your passions and, and maybe one day the full-time dream of entrepreneurship. So don't get down on the job because it, <laughs> it is helping yeah, pay those so bills. Yeah, be so grateful for it. <laughs> A hundred percent. So yeah. what, are, what would be some of your tips for staying grateful in a job that just like, you know, you're so excited to leave and just <laughs> yeah. dream about, like, fantasize about leaving. Cause I know mm -hmm. I've definitely been there. Yes. So how, how would you, how would you address that? Yeah, I, it's not the easiest thing. So I, I struggled with this for years because I want, I started wanting to leave my job and work for myself. I would say maybe like four years before I actually made it happen. So it was definitely a process. And having been through that and tried everything I could think of, I will tell you the, um, the most effective thing, not the easiest, but the most effective thing that helped was to make the decision to be grateful. So mm -hmm. every day I woke up, I went to work, I walked in and I would pick like three to five things that I could 
say to myself, I was grateful for. So I worked at, my last job was at a really cool tech startup. So I would say, okay, I'm so grateful for the free, like the amazing latte that I get for free from our latte machine. I'm so grateful for the chips in the snack room that I can eat right now. We also, I mean, we, I had it pretty good. We also had catered lunches. Ooh. So I'm so grateful for this free lunch that I get to eat that's delicious and healthy and free. And I, you know, I, I had a few coworkers I really loved, so I'd be grateful for them. And then whenever every other Friday I'd get my paycheck, I'd look at it and I'd make the decision, you know, to so see it in my bank account. I am so freaking grateful <laughs> for yes. this paycheck. And so every single day it was a practice so that even when I, when stuff happened, I had a bad experience at work or thought, okay, I'm so not living up to my potential or any of the myriad of thoughts that would always come up, I would ground back into, yes, this is where you are. Be grateful for the now and be working for the future. You can balance both just because you're grateful for your job does not mean you're not going to be able to leave it in the future. Such amazing advice. Just staying grateful in the moment. Like you can't be, what is it? Like, um, you can't be fearful or you can't be, um, unhappy and grateful. Yeah. Yeah. Thinking that way keeps you stuck there longer because then all your mental energy is spent on thinking, when am I going to leave? When am I going to leave? When am I going to leave? Instead of, you know what, this is awesome. I'm going to do a good job. I'm going to go home, work on my business and I'm going to make this happen as soon as possible. Yes. I love that. I'm going to add that to, I know you said two top pieces of advice, but I think that's a third one is to have a practice of gratitude because I mean, if, if you are going into work every day and you know, you want to leave your job and be a full-time entrepreneur, it's going to like Louisa said, it's going to be Mm -hmm. so important to, to practice that gratitude because you don't want to have a negative attitude at Mm -hmm. work because it's not going to serve you going home to try and work on, you know, your own business. You're just going to be in kind of this constant state of, like, yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I love that you pointed that out because I wanted to say I specifically came up with the tangible three to five things to be grateful for everyday exercise, because I tried that. I'm just going to be grateful in general. I need to feel grateful and it didn't work. So mm. I really had to tie it back into what are these few things that I'm going to decide to be grateful about yes. every single day. And that is what made the difference for me. Yes. yes. Okay. So you ladies listening, if you're, <laughs> if you're, I, we're not really heading to our jobs right now, yeah. like commuting, but you know, if you are listening to this and you're about to go into work, like definitely take note of that. If this is something that you've been experiencing yourself, she just gave some really tangible take home advice that you can literally do right now. So rewind it, push that rewind button a couple of times, yes. listen again and do it. Okay. This is, this is your, sorry, yes. your mantra from Louisa. Be, great, <laughs> be grateful for the now, but working for the future. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you mentioned earlier about, about your boyfriend, now husband. Um, how did that conversation go? <laughs> yes. Like how- Dying to know. Yes. How do you deal with your partner and like, like telling them these big dreams you have and these ideas and was he supportive or maybe more realistic? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So my partner is definitely much more realistic than me. He's not an entrepreneur. He most likely never will be, and he has no desire to be. (laughs) And so I've always been the crazy one in the relationship. (laughs) Thankfully he knows that and he embraces it fully. And so when I would say those things, he'd be like, "Uh uh-huh. And you could tell he didn't really believe it just because Mm -hmm. he had no clue what it'd be like to, um, to, he didn't grow up around any entrepreneurs. We Mm -hmm. grew up together. And so we had the same kind of background and 
and there was no entrepreneurship in it. Um, so you could tell that he was thinking, okay, it's just a phase. She'll get over it like other phases she's gone through. <laughs> but he was supportive. He didn't say you can't do it. He said, you just do what you have to do. <laughs> that, was, that was his approach. And so I said, okay, cool. I'm just doing it. And I'll give an update when I have one. What I will share, and this might be helpful because I know sometimes your partners or your friends or family might not, might be more unsupportive than mm -hmm. he was. My parents were very unsupportive. So they grew up in, in very much middle-class uh, income. My father was the only one who worked and their point of view was, look, if Louisa can get a job making just $60,000 a year and have it and have a steady job until the day she retires, that is going to be the dream life that we are dreaming of for her. Mm -hmm. And so I would call my parents and say things like, guys, I'm going to start a business. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And my parents would say, can't you just be grateful for what you have? Because at the time I, I had a six figure salary. I had a managerial position. And in my parents' eyes, that was, that was the Holy grail. I was good. If I just didn't mess anything up, I would be golden. And it, it's really interesting. I know my parents love me and support me, but they always coming from our, their place of, you know, how do I keep my daughter safe versus mm -hmm. how can I help her fulfill what she thinks is her best potential? And I remember a few times, like the first time I got my first client and I called my parents and I was so excited to tell them. And this was, by the way, the funny thing is I got my, that client doing exactly what I was doing in my job. And so I obviously yeah. had the skills and credentials and my parents mm -hmm. knew that they loved what I was doing, but my dad said, Oh, that's interesting. How'd you scam them into paying you? <gasps> yeah. And it was oh just, we disbelieved that anyone would want to pay me outside of my employer, that it'd even be possible. Mm -hmm. And so they would constantly be saying things like, when are you going to give up this crazy dream? In fact, even after I made six figures and left my job, my mom said, you know what? I didn't really think you'd be able to do it. I'm really surprised. I was like, cool, cool. <laughs> uh, and so it was just one of those things where I, I had to trust and it, it wasn't easy. It was definitely hurtful and discouraging, but I just had to come to the conclusion that, you know what? I need to trust that I know better what's the best for me. And what I can do than my parents who are coming from this place of just wanting me to be safe versus wanting me to truly excel. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I know so many women are going to find so much value in that, whether it's from a parent, a sibling, a significant other. And I, I think you hit the nail right on the head when you said, you know, knowing, knowing what you want basically. And, yeah. and, and also really being careful of who you are taking advice from and not to say we shouldn't take advice from our parents, <laughs> For sure. right? But depending on the situation that they're giving advice on that they may have no experience in. And of course your parents are always going to want you to do the safe, <laughs> the yes. safest thing. Like my dad is still trying to get me to work in a school so I can get tenure. And I'm like, dad, no, it's not happening. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I really enjoy that even though you said it was discouraging and hurtful, oh, yeah. you have to know your own values and what you stand for and, and where you're coming from and believe, believe in yourself, ladies, mm -hmm. that, that you can do it. So again, thank you for, for sharing that story Absolutely. with us. Okay. So when do you know though, like <laughs> when is it actually time to make the leap from yeah. full-time okay. employee to full-time entrepreneur? Like you're yeah, like, so I'm I've doing got a this. 
I've got a really tangible answer for this. Yes, all right. That Love makes it. it easy. I will share with you guys. People think I'm super, uh, like I embrace risk. I'm not. I'm one of the most risk averse people mm-hmm. that you will ever meet. And so what I did was I knew I had an amazing job. I was actually lucky to have the title and the salary, the position that I did because I had joined the startup relatively early on in its fate, in its journey. And so I had been promoted as the business grew, whereas in a more established corporation, maybe I would have to be about 15 years older and more experienced to have had the same job and salary that I did. And so I knew if I left, and things didn't work out. And I had to go back to a job that I would probably have to take a step back. And I was not going Mm. to do that. And so it wasn't the, Hey, let's just go all in type of thing. It was very much, okay, how do I make sure if I, if, and when I leave, this is for real and for good. And so what I did was I was originally aiming to make twice my uh, salary per month. And that's what I usually advise because you don't need to replace your whole salary, obviously figure out your own expenses and what's Mm -hmm. the minimum that you need to make and then double that. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was, I'm going to do two X that so that I can take into account business expenses, taxes, Mm -hmm. all of that. And so what I did was I was going to say, okay, I'm going to wait until I've done that for three months in a row and then I'll leave. But then what happened was because I spent so many years just like learning things and building up momentum, but by the time I got my first client doing the ads consulting and things started really heating up within four months, I crossed six figures in sales. And so at that point I thought, okay, I've made six figures. I've got a lot of cash in the bank. I've built this momentum. There's really no better time. I have no excuses. And that's when I turned in my, my notice. Mm. We're just like, we're like, wow. Yes. (laughs) Well, we, we had read earlier, like you, you want to, like you give advice on making sure the numbers are right. Um, So that's, yeah, yeah, that's such great advice. Like even Mm -hmm. before you're actually, you know, in, in business full time for yourself, like making sure they're right for, for your lifestyle and Mm -hmm. that you're still able to support. Yeah. I think that's such good advice. Do you, do you think that there's ever a time that you could leave without the numbers being like two X. Um, like what are your thoughts yeah, on that? Absolutely. So the thing is, that's what I personally did and what I mm-hmm. recommend, right. Yeah. To be just smart and safe. That being said, at this point I've worked with, I don't even know thousands of clients, honestly. And I've seen so many people leave at different times, depending on what's right for them. And so mm-hmm. there's sometimes someone, and it's really up to your personality and where you are. I definitely do not recommend leaving right away at the beginning of your business. When you don't know what you're doing, you mm-hmm. haven't got any clients, mm-hmm. unless you maybe have a trust fund or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe. But what I have seen is sometimes someone will get will maybe make, for example, $10,000 total and say, you know what, this is enough for me to cover my living expenses for the next however long, a significant amount of time. I know what, what I'm doing. I've built a momentum and I'm ready to go. Or someone will say, I've got this many clients right now. Maybe I, I'm just thinking of a specific student I had who said, I got three clients. I don't know what that monthly retainer came out to be for her, but I think it was pretty significant. And she said, you know what? that's all I want to take on while I'm at my, my job. And so I'm going to leave and I'm going to just make it happen. 
I've also had a few cases where someone had already left their job. They had saved out a year or two of savings. And then they were like, I just need to make this happen. And it worked for them because they worked really well under that kind of pressure. So mm. I'm giving all these examples of people who have done certain things their way and had it work out. But I, I do want to be responsible and mention I've also had students who had these very same exact same situations and it didn't work out because right. that wasn't the way it worked for their personality. Right. Maybe I, I'm thinking of someone who left with maybe two years of savings in the bank and they spent the whole time stressed out about how they were going to pay the bills at the end of the two years instead of thinking, OK, I've got a two year runway. I'm going to make it count. Mm. And then they had to go back to a job. And yeah. so it's really about understanding, OK, how do I balance what's smart? So maybe I keep my expenses super low. Maybe I have this much money saved up and I know it's going to give me this much runway and knowing how you best work and what kind of pressure you best work under. Mm. These are all such great, great tips, Louise. I mean, knowing yourself, knowing your numbers, ladies, like before you can even think of leaving your job, like yeah. know your expenses, mm -hmm. what your life is looking like and what you want it to look like as a full-time entrepreneur and, and have a focus. So you don't want to be, like you said, you don't want to be so focused on, oh my gosh, my money, my money, my money, yeah. that you're not taking that time to actually grow your money <laughs> instead of just worrying about it. So that was, that was a great example. And so you've, you've worked with all these clients, right? And most of them, right, they're trying to make this transition. And you yourself, you are the prime example of someone who was working full-time and, and made a successful transition to full-time entrepreneurship. What, what does time management look like for you as someone who is juggling all these things and maybe some tips you can give to, you know, our, our multi-passionate women out there who are juggling all, all of the things? Yeah. So what I will say is this balance went out the window. My social life went out the window <laughs> when I was doing those and you know what? It's okay. I was okay with it because I knew I was working for something big and it was going to be temporary. And so, I mean, one of the hardest things, it's so trivial, but it was just such a big deal to me at the time. I would come in on Monday and you know how your coworkers like, coworkers like to ask you, Hey, what'd you do this weekend? What'd you do last night? And I would say, mm, you know, not much. And I could just tell people were writing me off and thinking, Oh, she's so boring. I just wanted to say, guys, I'm doing something cool. I just don't, can't really talk about it right now. Uh, and so it really was, again, what we were talking about earlier, trusting that the big goal that I had for myself was more important than the kind of trivial ego focused things that I was thinking. Now, I also, like I said, I didn't try to go for balance. I didn't try and say, okay, I'm going to work perfectly from nine to five, go home, do have dinner perfectly, and then work on my business. It was, I will fit it in whenever possible. And I will get what I need to done, no matter what it takes, even if it takes a little bit longer, um, which it pretty much always did. And so what I did was I, a couple of things, I first focused only on the essentials. So what that means is when I was in my job and building my business, I wasn't trying to set up the most gorgeous website. I wasn't trying to figure out how to write amazing emails or blog articles or doing anything like that. I was literally thinking, okay, the fastest way to get clients, let me focus on the money right now. Cause that's, yes, I am absolutely of the belief that you should serve others and provide value. And I had to, to be paid, but it was, mm -hmm. look, it's not goodwill. That's going to get me out of my job. I need <laughs> to get revenue in the business mm -hmm. and what's going to drive revenue. It's not me working on my pop-up until four in the morning on my website. It's not me <laughs> trying to write emails 
sales that no one is reading because I had no email list. It's me finding potential clients mm -hmm. and talking to them, showing them I know what I'm talking about and potentially working with them as they hire me. That's all mm -hmm. I need to be doing. And so what that translated into was back then Facebook groups for mm -hmm. small business. I mean, they still are, but, uh, they were really new to me at the time. And I remember going into a Facebook group, seeing someone ask about ads and messaging them and saying, Hey, this is what I do in my job. I'm happy to answer all your questions. And she and I actually talked back and forth for two weeks where I just answered all her questions. And I just asked her for some market research because that's what I really wanted. And after two weeks, she actually emailed me and said, you've given me so much for free. How can I hire you? And uh -huh. she actually did end up hiring me. And I realized, okay, cool. This is amazing. <laughs> Let me keep on doing this. And so I did that. And that really was the reason why I was able to build up so much momentum within a short amount of time. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. And that was all I did, which actually made it easy easier because when I had spare time, all I had to do was go into Facebook groups, talk to people, follow up with people I'd already spoken with and share content. I wasn't trying to write blogs. I wasn't trying to be on Instagram. I mean, Instagram, I don't think it was around at the time, but uh, <laughs> I wasn't trying to be on YouTube or any of those things. Mm -hmm. I knew I was going to do them at some point, but not at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And that I, I love everything you said. It speaks yes. so much to what we teach our, in our academy and our community members is offering, offering value, which you did with a goal in mind of, yes. right, of revenue, but also giving to others and, and building community, finding clients. And also what, what you said, you know, how you weren't on YouTube, you weren't all these places, yeah. you were focusing on your strengths. And, and that's mm -hmm. one thing we always preach is to not get bogged down with all the social media platforms that you can be on, like stick to the strengths and what you're good at. Like you said, it wasn't the website. It wasn't writing blog posts. It mm -hmm. wasn't Instagram. While you might've had those things, your focus was getting down and dirty in those Facebook groups and finding clients. And that's what worked for you. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so happy that you, you said that because we're like, yes, yes, yes. Like this is, this is what we're trying to, to help others do. So yeah. you, you help others get their business off the ground and you help them to land those paying clients like you do yourself. And, and you mm -hmm. talked a little bit about your strategy of Facebook groups kept, but could you speak to a little more about that strategy on finding community and, and actually landing those clients and, and most importantly, knowing yourself so you know what to, to right. offer? Yeah. Okay. So, so many things there. Let's start with, I guess, um, finding communities. So the principle is the same. Let's stick with Facebook groups because they still are a great way to connect with people nowadays mm -hmm. and it's just so tangible, but it really applies to any online forum, industry group, just anywhere where your potential clients are hanging out. Mm -hmm. uh, even offline situations as well. But essentially what I did was I just brainstormed what are all the types of groups that my ideal clients might be in. So obviously small business groups or small business owner groups or entrepreneur groups or uh, specific groups dedicated to people talking about ads. So I just brainstormed a whole bunch and then I typed in all of those terms in the search bar. I just tried as many as I could. And I came up with the list of so many different Facebook groups. And so what I did was I said, okay, I guess I'm just going to go through these methodically. And I, every week I picked maybe five new groups and I would go in, I would say hi, I would talk to people. And so what I, that it was as simple as saying, okay, day one, marking on my calendar. When I joined this group, say, say a welcome post. Hi everyone. This is who I am. Not trying to sell anything. I mean, my post isn't trying to sell anything. I'm here to help you with this. Let me know if you have any questions. 
then I would maybe day two search for questions related to what it is that I could answer. So I would search for terms like ads, CPL, you know, things like that. And then I would answer them. And if someone was interested in getting more help from me, then we would chat in messenger and bring that into a, Hey, you know, do, do they just need one or two things? If so, okay, great. We chat, I tell them and they'd go off or do they need more? And did they, were they potentially interested in hiring me? And I let it be really natural. I wasn't, I do want to emphasize, I wasn't trying to message people randomly and just get them on the calls with me. I know that's something that, uh, you know, at some point, maybe even now was a popular thing to teach. And that's because when someone it doesn't expect you to like, has no expectation of potentially working with you, it's really weird unless you're doing it really well with, which most people starting out don't know how to do well. <laughs> and so there are exceptions, but not for most new entrepreneurs, definitely not myself. And so I led with the, Hey, let me wait until they've indicated they're interested. Then mm -hmm. if they want to continue talking to me, we will. And if it feels like a good fit, like if someone just kept on asking me questions back and forth for like a week, obviously they're potentially either interested or trying to get a ton of free information. <laughs> so I would say, Hey, you know, I've loved helping you. I've given you a lot for free, obviously. Mm -hmm. Would you be interested in talking about how I can work with you further, mm -hmm. uh, to get whatever you results you want to get? And so I would do that. I would also very consistently every day on my calendar, go into the group and post something useful related to ads. And so mm. the other thing I do, do want to caveat is I made mm -hmm. sure to be respectful of the vibe of the group. So if yeah, the Facebook group was owned by someone who did the same thing, I wasn't going to be as active in there unless <laughs> right. it was a, a group, you know, where for some reason they didn't care. Not too many of those, but thing. Um, and if it was a group where people weren't posting that often every day, I wouldn't go in there and be the only person screaming at the top of my lungs basically <laughs> and posting every day. So I made sure to be respectful of that. And occasionally a group might let you promote on a certain day or a certain thread. Mm -hmm. I, I would make sure to take advantage of it. But mm -hmm. otherwise I was just in there talking to people because that's, that's really the point of social media. People don't go on to social media to be sold to. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like clapping. We're in the clapping. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, and, and so I would do that. And through sharing amazing content, through connecting with people, through just showing up every day for months, people realized, oh, hey, this chick Louisa knows what she's talking about. And she's been mm -hmm. around. She, she knows. So mm -hmm. She knows her stuff. They would reach out to me or I, we would just kind of know each other because they would comment on my posts or like stuff or ask questions. And they would reach out, we would talk, and it would end up uh, a lot of the time, not always, but a lot of the time in them wanting to hire me. That's amazing. <sighs> like getting down and dirty, like Alex said, like knowing who you're serving and then showing up and that whole concept of give, 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 then ask. Mm -hmm. Like you just gave so much valuable content and then ask, like, do you, do you want to learn more? Like mm -hmm. I can help you even more than I've right. already helped you. That's beautiful. And yeah, it's just like, again, keep it simple. Easiest way to do that. Give, 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 then make the ask. And, you know, speaking of your, your ideal client and like knowing who they are and how you're showing up for them, has that changed? you at all? Something we talk about a lot is as you evolve, your brand evolves or your business evolves or who you're serving can change. Has that changed for you since 
you started your Yeah. Business? So yes and no. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've evolved and as a result, my audience has somewhat evolved, but my core message is still the same mm-hmm. as it was all those years ago when I first started this business. I, it took me four years and tens of thousands of dollars to figure out what to do and to build my then at the time ads consulting business. And so I remember at the time I thought, you know what? I'm going to teach people how I figure it out. No one should have to go through what I did. All this bad advice out there about leave your job or people who started their businesses living in their parents' basements. That's not me. That's not my people. And so I'm going to, I'm going to help the people who are like me. To this day, my flagship courses are very much focused on that. I mean, my, one of my flagship courses is literally called Employed Entrepreneur, where I focused exactly on that. That being said, as I've grown a multiple seven-figure business, I've uh, really gotten experience in a lot of other things, launching courses, selling courses on self-study, launching really, creating really big live launches, uh, helping other people scale to six, multiple six figures and beyond. I've had more advanced business owners come to me for help. So maybe someone's at six figures and wants to go to multiple six. Maybe someone's at multiple six and wants to go to multiple seven. Well, they don't necessarily, although some of my courses might be a fit for them, they don't necessarily need a course uh, to really help them get the full end results. They want my coaching. And so the people I coach, and it's not a huge handful at this point, but that clientele has shifted to more advanced business owners. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, my, my core audience is absolutely still the same. Such a great, yeah, (laughs) such a great, a great answer. And, and also really enjoy the fact that you said like at, at the core of who you are, like that, that stayed the same, but maybe how we're serving that audience or how we're, we're bringing that mission to life may look a little bit differently over time as we gain more Mm -hmm. skills or have more time or have more funds Mm -hmm. to, to pour into, into our community. So Thank you again for for sharing all this amazing, amazing advice. So we know you help others turn those existing skills, excuse me, that they have into a business that makes them money, which is Mm -hmm. obviously, right, very important. Mm -hmm. What would others out there who aren't sure what those skills are or they might not know exactly like how to monetize it. Like how do we, how do we find those, turn those existing. Yeah. Okay. So we've been talking about is keeping things simple. And this absolutely applies here because this is what I will say when people tell me that at this point, like I said, I have an audience, I have a pretty significant audience. I've worked with thousands of people clients. I haven't had a single person do this and really not be able to come up with a business idea. So that tells you, it's not that anyone can't come up with a business idea. It really comes down to, you know, what your skills are. You really do. Right. (laughs) So first trust that it's not like you're like, Oh my God, what's this hidden skill I have that I didn't even know about, you know? And so the first thing to do is just sit down and write a list. And the key here is to not overlook anything that you think might be too trivial. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I first started out, we haven't talked too much about this, but I had many, many failed attempts before I started seeing traction. And so what I share all the deeds. (laughs) So many different failures. I mean, even before my first failed online business, um, I, I worked uh, with a mobile payments startup or mobile payments tech startup and we totally bombed. So uh, many, many failures (laughs) the years, but the, the first online business that I failed at was Microsoft Excel consulting. And it's because I started the business because I saw a lot of people online who were very successful teaching other people Microsoft. 
Microsoft Excel. And I thought, you know what, I can, I can do this. I do this all day at my job. I know everything about Microsoft Excel. The key was what I realized was that I forgot, oops, I spent all day working at it in my job. I didn't want to talk about it outside of work. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. it would take me like three weeks to write one blog post because I would put it off because I didn't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, I always say you don't need to find your passion to get your first business off the ground, but definitely make it something that you enjoy enough to work right. on. Uh, and so, you know, I could very easily have overlooked that because I could have thought who would pay for Microsoft Excel? It's such a trivial skill until you pull up your friend Google, which is very helpful for this exercise. Mm -hmm. And you realize, oh, Microsoft Excel consultants, Microsoft Excel coaching, mm -hmm. buying Microsoft Excel stuff, you know, whatever um, terms related to that, you realize, oh, wow, there's a big industry <laughs> for this. Mm -hmm. And so the key is to not two things. First, don't assume that anything that you know is too trivial. Just because mm -hmm. it's easy for you does not mean it's easy for others. And that mm -hmm. that's a key assumption that we always make. And so, I mean, the same thing, my second online business was career coaching and I did get clients with that and, uh, it was pretty good, but then I realized, you know what, I'm talking to these people, I'm helping them get to where they want to be in their careers, but I think one day they're going to get to where I am and mm -hmm. they're going to want the same thing to leave that job. They worked so hard for mm -hmm. And so that didn't feel good to me. And I remember at that moment, I had a, oh my gosh, I had two business ideas and I gave them both up. Am I really going to have another one? I remember thinking that and I completely overlooked my job skills. So I've definitely been there, right? Where I thought, oh, who would want to pay me for that? That's so boring. And it's so quote unquote corporate. How can I build a business around that? And that's when I made the mistake that we just talked about where I overlooked it. And if I hadn't stumbled on some Facebook groups and realized people were asking about it, who knows where I'd be today. So it really comes back to, look, don't overlook anything, write everything down. Even if it's something like, okay, I know how to knit. You never know. Right. Actually, the, book, so the, the $100 startup, uh, which was one of the first books I read, literally there's a business that's mentioned in there where the woman started a knitting store because she just loved that. So really you cannot, <laughs> there's, there's no thing to, that you can overlook in some way, shape or form. And so basically do that and then Google. Cause the thing is, we're not talking about the type of business, like a new Facebook or a new Amazon, right? You're not building a crazy billion dollar tech startup. <laughs> You're building a service-based business. Mm -hmm. And the good news is that means there's pretty much nothing new under the sun there. If mm -hmm. it's something that you can do, someone will have done it already, which is right. good because that means there's demand for it. Mm -hmm. And so if you look it up, you will find results if it's something that you can do, and then you will know. It really comes down to those two things, not trying to search for a new idea. Don't do that. Start with an existing one, right? Don't, don't even be thinking about an idea. Be thinking about what problems can I solve right now based on my job and my life. And then the second piece, not overlooking any of your skills because you don't know until you've done the research which of those could be a massively profitable business. That's so true. So oh much gold packed in there. First yes. of all, thank you for sharing those lessons that you learned through like I'm through so the failures. Like <laughs> we we are such a huge fan. We we always talk about our lessons learned doc because yeah. we have so many failures mm -hmm. <laughs> under our belt. Mm -hmm. But also going into, you know, pursuing different things like all these different quote unquote failures that really brought you to where you are today. And the 
the golden gems that you <laughs> picked up along the way, like, you know, how you have to try on a few hats, right? And if it sure. feels out of alignment, if you feel like you're, you're grinding, literally like a gear yeah. grinding, then it's probably not in alignment. Gears aren't supposed to do that, right? Mm-hmm. That means something's messed up. You need to, need to probably walk away. Not that business is easy. I don't want to get, get it twisted or anything. Sure. Like business is not easy, but it shouldn't be a straight up grind and like going yeah. against everything that mm-hmm. you are. And, and so I, I love that you listened to that. I was like, you know what, this isn't a great fit. And then, you know, figuring out what skills you do have that you can monetize. And thank you for that tangible action plan. Again, ladies, like <laughs> tangible. We love that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for, for sharing all that. So you mentioned though, uh, one of the books um, that you were, you read before when you started this journey, but we also see tons of books behind you shelf. right now on your bookshelf. Uh, can you tell us maybe like one or two favorite uh, favorite yeah. resources, maybe oh, one for absolutely. fun and one for business or any develop personal professional development that you could recommend? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'm going to share two, I would say personal development books. And I will say these are the two books that made the biggest difference at the start of my entrepreneurial journey. The first one is psycho cybernetics by Maxwell yes. Maltz. Okay. So you know the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, good. I, love that. I will say, okay. So a quick story behind this is I remember, I don't know how I stumbled upon, uh, like the, the concept of mindset and your thoughts are so important to achieving all your goals because I, I never was taught that I was just taught, be confident, work hard, and that's enough. And so when mm-hmm. I first stumbled on Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich, I remember reading it pretty early on because I know a lot of entrepreneurs recommend it. And I remember thinking, what is this BS? I don't understand how I write on a piece of paper, I'm going to make, let's say $10,000 by September 30th, and it's going to happen. I tried it. It did not work because I did not understand the principles. But I thought, I was like, wait, you just, what? And so uh, when I read Psycho-Cybernetics, it clicked for me, where the way it explains it is the the author is a former plastic surgeon. And so what he bases it on is his actual experience changing people, uh, giving them surgery and how some people, even though they looked completely different, acted the same way that they had before their surgery. He did, uh, uh, I'm forgetting the term like restorative surgery. So people would come in with horrific scars and burns and he would completely fix that. And you would think that after they'd gotten that fixed, they would be more confident. But a lot of people he noticed would act as if they still had those issues. And other people though would be completely transformed. And so he started wondering, okay, what's the difference? How can I explore this? And so he explained essentially that it comes down to this idea of the self-image, how we see ourselves, how we define ourselves in our identity, and we act in accordance with that self-image. So if I think I'm a confident person, if I think I'm the entrepreneur who's always going to figure it out, then I will. Versus if I think I'm the confident employee, but I need an employer to pay me or someone, I'm someone who makes $60,000 or $100,000 and that's my limit, I'm obviously not going to feel comfortable or push myself or do anything to push myself out of that. And so it really comes down to, and this is when I realized, oh, that's kind of what Napoleon Hill was talking about. He just didn't explain it in a way that I clicked (laughs) with. Um, The idea that you need to transform your self-image first to be able to become the person that you want to be to Mm -hmm. do the things and get to where you want to get to. And Mm -hmm. so that was incredibly powerful. 
The second book that made a massive difference was Tapping into Wealth by Margaret Lynch. This book, the again, the author, I mean, I definitely click a lot more with uh, authors who are, I guess, scientists and engineers, because uh, that's the way I think as well. <laughs> and she is a former, I think, mechanical engineer. And so what's really cool is she explains how we think about money and the blocks we have around money and the guilt that we have associated with it. I definitely had so much guilt uh, growing up in my household. And she explains the different blocks in different chapters in a really systematic way so that we can identify, oh yeah, I think about money this way too. Here's how I can change it. Because without that, I would have, I would have felt so guilty charging people. I would have put myself in their shoes. I would have mm -hmm. thought, you know what? I could have a big nameless uh, corporation pay me, but how can I charge a person who's just like me? How can I do that to them? And that book massively transformed the way that I thought about it, where I realized, okay, first of all, it's not your responsibility to put yourself into someone else's shoes. They are grown adults who will want to make their money decisions. Like mm -hmm. the coaches I hired at the beginning of my business to teach me sales, copywriting, all of those things. I was so happy to pay them, even though they were quite pricey because <laughs> I realized these were skills I needed to learn and I was investing in myself. And so I really realized that and realized, you know what, you can make as much money as you want. You don't have to be guilty about it. Money really is an exchange of energy and of value. And so focus on doing great stuff and providing great value and let the money come in. Don't, don't block it. Don't be guilty about it. Release all of those negative emotions that so many of us are taught about it. And so those two are, I would say, the most important books that really transformed and set me up to get on the path to success. Absolutely. I definitely I love gonna read that. <laughs> yes, for sure. I think so many women in our community can absolutely relate to everything you just said. And going back to that idea of like focusing on the essentials and keeping it simple. Um, you know, both of these books really focus more on mindset than actual strategy. So really putting that first and foremost in in your business and, and in your entrepreneurial endeavor, putting your mindset first and working on that will only help you set up for success down the road. So thank you so much for, for those two resources. So we want to, before we head into our rapid fire question round, we do want to ask your number one piece of advice for, for, you know, transitioning as a business owner. I know we kind of have touched on this, but say you're a new business owner, what would be your number one piece of advice that, that you would give them? Take action and not just any sort of action. I would say focus on sales activities as a business hmm. owner or new business owner. And so what I define as sales activities are activities that directly have the potential to help you get a new client. And so it's, Hey, if I'm answering someone's question related to what I do, that's sales activity. If I'm pitching myself for a podcast to write an article, to be interviewed on a YouTube channel, those are great sales activities. If I'm pitching myself to do a training for a free Facebook group, another sales activity. If I'm doing a sales call, if I'm writing a post on a Facebook group or somewhere where my potential clients might see it, those are all sales activities. What's not included are things like working on my emails when I have one subscriber or um, making my website look prettier when I have zero website traffic mm. or creating this amazing 50 page lead magnet when you don't know how to promote it or you're not going to. Right. Mm -hmm. All mistakes yes. I made. <laughs> yeah. So uh, many of us have, 
And so that's how I would think about it. If you do that, because I will say, you know, when someone comes to me and they say, I'm not getting clients, the number one thing I will ask is, are you focusing on the right activities? First, are you doing anything? If you're sitting around waiting for clients, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Right. Said with love, but the truth. Now, the other thing is if someone comes to me and they say, I'm working, I'm working, I'm working, then I'll say, okay, what are you working on? Mm -hmm. If you're working on creating this lead magnet that no one else is seeing, that's not a sales activity. Right. Mm -hmm. Busy, yes. but not productive. <laughs> yes. I love that. Yeah. This is a new term because I, I love, you said everything I, I feel like. So before we recorded with you, we had two uh, calls with some of our VIP members and these are things that we say like every single day. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love the term sales activity mm -hmm. and I think it puts a little bit more like fire behind the mm -hmm. action. Um, but again, like not focusing on that busy work, like things that are actually going, we always say that move the needle forward. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just, I mean, from all the advice you gave today from ladies, you know, making sure the numbers are right, you know, getting into Facebook groups and how to land those paying clients, not doing something you love or out of alignment, you know, focusing on the things that may seem trivial, but are actually <laughs> really, you know, skills that you have that people will pay you for. And then again, just, just the, the resources that you provided and, you know, ending with taking action, which yes. we preach all the time, take that action. <laughs> Perfect. So we would love to know where our community can connect with you. Oh, yes. Okay. So I would say my favorite place to hang out right now is on Instagram. Oh, and so, yeah, my Instagram uh, handle is very simple. It's Louisa, L-U-I-S-A dot Joe. That's my last name. It's not spelled how it sounds, though. It's spelled Z as in Zebra, H-O-U. So that's a great place. I also have amazing weekly YouTube tutorials tutorials on my YouTube channel, Louisa Joe, and then I'll say the final place. Um, and really this is the best way to connect with me and get my best content is by joining my email list because I, I get like, I'm the most personal on my email. It's my favorite way to communicate with people. And so what I've got, um, is a great PDF on how to basically map out your six figure business and escape the nine to five. And it's a fun PDF and work workbook and it's at my website, louisajo.com slash gift. I just want to say, I love how, when we were talking before you said you weren't trying to be on Instagram, YouTube and email and focus on your strengths. But now yeah. obviously you have all those platforms because you exactly. have the time and energy to do yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Let me, let me caveat that. I do not have the time and energy. <laughs> I don't do it all myself. That's okay. so important. Right. And I love that we're talking about this because it goes to don't try and run before you can walk. Yeah. Don't try mm -hmm. and compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter, let's say 11. Right. Totally made up number. But it's just <laughs> at this point, like I'm not doing a lot of that. I have a pretty significant sized team, right? I run a multiple seven figure business. It's just, I'm not at the same place that I was sure. five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's just like, yes, there's a time and place for all of this. Absolutely. You're going to grow and grow and grow. Absolutely. But just, know that what you need to focus on to get to that stage might not be, or it's definitely not going to be what you're going to do at that stage. <laughs> Perfect. Absolutely. Love keep it. it simple. Once again, that might be the name of this episode. Yes. It's <laughs> just keep it simple and show up. So we have linked all of her info that she just mentioned in the show notes. So definitely mm -hmm. head over there and connect with Louisa and get all this amazing info that she just dropped. 
So now let's set up the scene for our rapid fire question round. So you got 30 seconds. You're, you know, standing in line at a, a coffee shop back in the day when we did that sort of thing. And you're about to order your drink. Now, my first question is not included in the rapid fire, but okay. what is your go-to drink? <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, skinny, venti skinny vanilla latte with an extra shot of espresso. Oh my girl <laughs> knows it. what she wants. <laughs> okay. So that was a venti skinny vanilla latte with a I clearly Extra don't shot of espresso. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So she's getting her latte. And as you're stepping up to order, someone taps you on the shoulder and they say, oh my goodness, that's Louisa. I've been dying to ask you three quick questions and then I'll pay for your coffee. So her first question is, what is your favorite way to connect with new people? Uh, I would say actually email. Um, not doing calls, just doing email back and forth. Let's chat. Let's move it to Instagram. Let's keep it simple until we get to know each other a little bit better. Ooh, I like it. All right. Next question she has is how can I create community in my life or business? Show up every day, share great stuff, and then be both impatient in terms of being as you know proactive as possible, but also patient because there's the time aspect too. Mm. These are so good. Mm -hmm. And her last question before you step up to the counter to order is how do you get your fill of girl talk? <laughs> I text my girlfriends random things all the time, mm -hmm. random things, snap screenshots, like, oh, hey, this is what I'm thinking. What do you think of this blouse? Random text all day long. Love it. Oh, these are so good. And you just got your coffee paid for. So <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> and a new friend. Yay. All right, Louisa, thank you so much again for coming on here and sharing all of your expertise. I know our community is going to get so much mm -hmm. value out of this episode. Ladies, definitely connect with Louisa even more. Grab that freebie in our show notes. Catch you on the next episode and keep shining. Thank you so much for joining us on the She Shines podcast. Before you go, be sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on the next episode. Plus, we would love to hear what you enjoyed most. So share a takeaway and be sure to tag us at SheXShines. And lastly, please take a sec to leave a thoughtful review or pass this episode on to someone you feel could use it. Until next time, keep shining. Cheers, girlfriend.